Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life, brought to you by GamerGoo. My name is Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, my friends, it is Thursday, January 14th. 2021 and man we have some exciting things to talk about here on the show today and hey it is wandavision eve that's right tomorrow we're going to get our first episode of wandavision hitting disney plus the mcu is finally continuing after so much waiting we're finally going to see what wandavision is all about so we're going to be talking about that tomorrow but today like I said, there is definitely some uh, exciting Star Wars stuff. We have some Lord of the Rings stuff. So we're going to get to that here in a few minutes. But as always, a little bit of housekeeping here. Don't forget, you can always follow me on Twitter at Marturk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And of course, you can always email the show at theenthuslife at gmail.com. And if you want to help support the show and become a patron for the podcast, you can find that link down in the show notes. Uh, of course, you get early access to the patron-only podcast. You have the ability to be a guest on there. And you also get exclusive access to the Enthusiast Life uh, Discord. So if, uh, if you want to be a part of that, you can find that link down in the show notes. But let's talk about what was obviously the biggest story of yesterday. Pretty much blew my mind when I saw this. And it kind of makes sense when you step back and look at the Lucasfilm Games announcement. I mean, here we're all thinking, or I was thinking at least, that it was really just because we were going to get an Indiana Jones game announcement. But no, my friends, that was not why. This was the reason why right here. And that is that Ubisoft, and more specifically Massive, the developers behind The Division and the, the Division 2 are making an open-world Star Wars game. Let me say that again. The makers of The Division and The Division 2 are making a Star Wars game. Folks, this is absolutely huge for a number of reasons. Number one, EA losing the exclusivity on Star Wars. You know, all the games we've had since 2013 were all because EA signed a deal with Disney basically saying, we, you know, we're going to make all the Star Wars games. We have every right to do that. And there's been, you know, some good games. There's been some average games. I mean, obviously, Jedi Fallen Order, I think, is is the showpiece of them all. Battlefront, specifically Battlefront 2, definitely, um, you know, over time has, has become a great, great game. Um, you know, you can go back to the original one and say maybe it was more just eye candy and some people didn't actually like the game. Personally, I liked the Battlefront games, but... You know, some people don't. Um, and then, you know, you had the, the mobile games. And and that was kind of it, right? I mean, you had, obviously, uh, the Old Republic still running, but that was kind of pre that. Um, and, and, you know, so, and that wasn't EA, of course, but it was like, you know, where were the good Star Wars games? You know, we should be having all these great games. Well, now with this announcement of Massive making this game, it's showing that they are now saying, hey, we're willing to now put our licenses in the hands of other folks, of other teams, and we're just kind of moving away from EA. I mean, even, you know, back to the Indiana Jones um, game, you know, coming from Machine Games and Bethesda, like they're now putting those IPs in the hands of others. Now, with what this game is, we don't really know exactly. All we know is that it is an open world RPG, or I'm sorry, an open world Star Wars game. Per the listing on Massive's website for jobs, a couple things have been pulled. Um, it is showing that uh, what that there's that for a senior progression game designer, they're saying that applicants have to have an absolute passion for playing and making games, especially RPG and action adventure games. You have to have proven experience working with progression systems and balancing. So right there, it's telling us 
you know, action adventure RPG. I mean, you got to think of games like, um, I mean, I guess you could say Fallen Order, but I'm going to think of more games like Assassin's Creed, where, you know, it is an open world, kind of go wherever you want, do whatever you want to do. You're getting loot, but it is, I'm assuming, a, will be a third person game. I mean, this isn't going to be a first person by any stretch of the means. I mean, Ubisoft is known for making those third person open world action adventure RPGs, right? That's Ubisoft's bread and butter for publishing those games and then layer on top of that massive for what they've done with the division and the division two. That's what I see. Um, it also goes on to say that they have a senior writer uh, position that's open where they're looking for um, someone who is skilled in researching and writing narrative elements to anchor a reality based narrative with an existing IP. Now I think the big word there of course is reality based. Um, you know, when you think of star Wars, you know, obviously we're in a galaxy far, far away, so it's not necessarily grounded in reality. Uh, but, you know, I think if you look at like what Jedi Fallen Order was, that was, I would say, if anything, a, a reality-based story. You know, it wasn't too over the top. It, you only had minimal enemies. You were, um, you know, it, it just seemed very realistic in its fighting styles and that. I don't know if I really want that so much in this. You know, I don't want, I don't want the same style as Jedi Fallen Order. We have that. What, what I would want, and I think that's kind of where this discussion needs to be, is what I would want from this game is, I mean, I'm going to say it, a Division-style game. I think I would want that. I mean, as much as I, which, I'm, see, see, here's the thing. We don't know if it's single-player or multiplayer. You know, if it is single-player, I would still be perfectly fine with that. Give me an Assassin's Creed style. Maybe that is this wide-open world maybe on a Tatooine, or maybe you can jump through planets, and, you know, you can go around and... And you're fighting diff different enemies. Maybe you know, maybe you play a Jedi, and you're kind of just doing the Jedi thing. I mean, that's like, like right now in the High Republic, or we even think of the Jedi in the prequels. They were the Jedi that were essentially the peacekeepers. And you know, you almost wonder what would that be like if we if we had this open world RPG where you play a Jedi, and hell, maybe even you create your Jedi, right? So you can be whatever Jedi you want. You get your lightsaber color, all that stuff. But then you you play the role of a Jedi being that peacekeeper in the galaxy and you go around and you know, I would hope that even though they're saying it's open world, I would hope we would get multiple planets. Cause I, you know, if you want to have a more directive condensed narrative, yes, you maybe have it in one location and you're not jumping around as much. Um, but it's star Wars, right? We got to go to different planets. We have to. Um, so they build multiple locations and areas that we travel to. And then you just kind of, like I said, you keep the peace, you be that Jedi, but there is, of course, an overarching story. Timeline-wise, where would I want this to take place? Um, you know, I, I think it would be a good opportunity for them to bring in some Old Republic stuff, I think would be neat. You know, I mean, if they even made a game that, you know, maybe you have Revan, you know, as a villain, I think would be great, because that would kind of bring it to a, a, a newer, a new audience, I think. I mean, even though the Old Republic is out there right now, um, a lot of people don't go back and play Knights of the Old Republic because it's, it's, you know, a lot of gamers today look at that and just think like, okay, I hear how great that game is, but just, you know, graphically and the systems and that, I don't want to do that. This could be a good opportunity to do that. Um, but I also think, you know, if they did it just kind of during um, the Empire time, you know, I, I personally would kind of want that because, um, you know, just having the stormtroopers and the threat of Darth Vader and all that. I mean, that's, come on, Star Wars fans, that's just, we eat that stuff up you know, like the like candy. But in the same sense, the Jedi at that time weren't the peacekeepers and weren't the galaxy police, if you want to say. So then it puts you in, okay, well, where are we going? Are we going prequels 
or do we go to High Republic? I mean, do they make a High Republic game? I don't I don't think it's in their best interest right now to do that. I think, you know, we kind of have to wait and see how the High Republic rolls out, including, you know, do they do live action and television series, again, to broaden it out to a bigger audience. Um, but then do they maybe go to the future? Now that, you know, we've, we've kind of had the ending of the Skywalker saga um, in, in episode nine, you know, do we now... Um, maybe go beyond that. And we have a new thing of, uh, uh, generation of Jedi, you know, and maybe we, we see what Ray has done and she's, she's, she's now kind of reestablishing the Jedi. Like, I don't know if her as a character had any interest in that, you know, after the events of nine, like, did she want to do that? Do we go with that gray Jedi, um, you know, mindset where the Jedi now are kind of blurring the lines and it's kind of this new set. And then, you know, I mean, I guess that might be the way if they want to push this, the narrative after nine. And again, you know, people always say like, they're not going to tell these big, the big arcing stories in a video game, but I mean, it would be cool to, and again, this is just what I would want kind of have that, that gray Jedi. And then that ultimately leads up to the Sith coming back. Right. Cause we always got to have balance always has to be balance. Um, and the Sith are going to appear at some point. Again, regardless, no matter what happens, it's going to happen. Um, I don't know, you know. But then, in the same sense, that's that would be the single player game I would want. But I still think it would be crazy, you know, super badass to have a division style where you still because that was the thing. The division, for what it was, like it wasn't a massive open world, you know. Even though it was somewhat instanced, I mean, it wasn't a full on MMO. Uh, but you could team up with with um, your friends or just randoms. And there were missions you could go on, and those missions did tell stories. Now, the, the Division Two really told those stories much better than the first one. Uh, but if you if you take a Star Wars concept and you're able to create missions around that, and then push that narrative, I think that would be cool. Now, then that boils down to what about the loot, right? Do you want it to be just another one of these games? We have so many of these games. I mean, we've talked about it here on the show. How, you know, you have your Anthem, you have Division, you have Destiny. You know, there's so many of these games. Deep down, do I want a Star Wars game like that? Yes, I do, because it's just, it's Star Wars. And it would, I think for me, just that would kind of trump everything. Um, you know, but then in the same sense, you know, how would that ultimately play out? You know, would it be, you know, like we think about what happened with Avengers and, and kind of why its live service didn't really catch on so much? Because that loot somewhat meaningless i mean that that's the thing that i think with the star wars you know i don't know if they would be given the license to have i mean i'm sure they would give you know jedi different tunics and different just straight up just different lightsabers and different boots and things like that but is that enough to pull you along in a star wars game and then does that kind of water down the narrative and what the story could be there i don't know um but either way super excited for this game um, you know, I know many of you out there, I, I saw people tweeting and, and going nuts yesterday on Twitter when this news broke. Um, I think it's really going to be something that people are going to be keeping their eyes on. And, uh, I will say, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on massive. I mean, there was a lot of pressure with the, with the division two, but man, there is a hell of a lot of pressure now, especially because this is going to be kind of the, the first, at least as far as we know, real big star Wars game, uh, post the EA, um, you know, kind of run of that. I mean, I, as far as we know, I think Respawn um, is working on another Star Wars game that's not Jedi Fallen Order, I want to say. Maybe, maybe not. Don't quote me on that. But I know there are other Star Wars games kind of in development at EA. Um, so we don't, I don't know which one's going to launch first, but I think this will kind of be the big one post EA or, you know, kind of outside of that EA realm. So 
We'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, let's see. We got some other news from uh, CD Projekt Red about Cyberpunk 2077. You can go watch. There's like a five-minute uh, video uh, put out by, um, who is this guy? He's one of the uh, the developers, I believe, over there for the team. And uh, he actually is one of the co-founders of CD Projekt Red, Marcin Owinski. Uh, basically kind of apologizing on behalf of the company and the leadership over the launch of 2077, of Cyberpunk 2077. Um, so go check that out if you want. Um, you know, not a ton there. I mean, it kind of states the obvious that just they focused on PC. They thought it would be easier to port the game to the consoles. And then as a kind of time went on, they realized that uh, it was not. Uh, but they had kind of already promised it and just didn't want to, you know, take that that knock of not doing it. So they did everything they could to put it out there. Um, he did say... They're targeting now the free next-gen upgrade for the second half of 2021. Doesn't give a date. Um, you know, like I said, I really have no interest in playing it until I can play that version of the game. Um, so it's going to be a while, I'm thinking, until I'm, I'm actually jumping back into Cyberpunk. Uh, but they did mention multiple DLCs. Uh, there is going to be a 1.1 and a 1.2 patch, I think, kind of early on. kind of So in the springtime here. Um, and then there is going to be multiple free DLCs coming out through the year. And then, of course, going up to that... Um, next gen version of the game so hey cool for them you know putting out the free dlc i mean you know kudos to him for coming out and you know discussing with the player base um kind of what happened with the game and, and kind of why it is um in the state that it is um but you know the the saga of cyberpunk 2077 will continue obviously uh i'm sure until you know until that game is in the next I, I, honestly until the next gen copies out and i think until those dlcs are out um there's still going to be a lot of um just you know, I don't even know what you want to call it. Uh, uh, drama around Cyberpunk 2077 maybe is, is the right word to use, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we did get our first big delay out of 2021, and that is Hogwarts Legacy has now been delayed to 2022. In order to give the game the time it needs, the Hogwarts Legacy team put out a nice little uh, tweet, and they said, We would like to thank fans from around the world on the tremendous reaction to the announcement of Hogwarts Legacy from our Portkey Games label. Creating the best possible experience for all the wizarding world and gaming fans is paramount to us, so we're giving the game the time it needs. Hogwarts Legacy will be released in 2022. And you know what? Kudos to them for, for coming out and, and doing that. You know, um, this is a game where the IP is such a big, big brand um, that you can't just drum out a little game i mean you think back to the games that were, rele that were releasing while the movies released and um i'll be honest i didn't really play any of those i, I did play harry potter lego harry potter i played a couple of those games um but you know that was obviously for the licensing while the films were coming out i mean that's just kind of part and parcel for movie licensed movie games right now we're to the point where the movies are out we don't need to do that you know we don't need to have kids go see the movie and then leave the leave the theater and then go by the toy store and buy or you know buy go buy eb games or gamestop and get get uh you know the new video game it's it's more about they want to create something for the fans to get the fans excited and that's what i think this game is going to be this was going to be a game for the fans made by fans um so it needs to hit every note it needs to be as good as it can be um so again kudos to the team for doing that uh i want to know like what the the time of the development of this game was i want to say it was God, like probably three or four years ago, hearing on a podcast, and it wasn't just, I heard it first on the podcast, but I mean, the story had broke kind of in the gaming sphere that somebody went to like a consumer, you know, you know, you go through the mall and people are like the consumer surveys are like, Hey, come here. I want to, you want to take a quick little survey. 
And somebody played a version of this. And like they sat down and were playing and were like, wait a minute, this is this is a Harry Potter game. And of course, you know, broke the NDA whenever went on the internet, told people all about it. And I want to say that was a couple of years ago. So like this has been in development for a long time. Um, so, you know, hey, just another year added to that. And who knows? I mean, this could be like a fall 2022 game. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, does it play into the idea of kind of the cyberpunk thing of maybe this was going to be a cross gen and they kind of realize, man, this game like really does not run that well. And we really want to make it pop and hit on those next gen consoles. I mean, it could be just the Halo Infinite effect where it was like, let's just take the extra time and make it better on those next gen consoles. I don't know, but um, we'll see. Either way, delayed, uh, but I am, that's definitely a game I'm, I'm definitely keeping my eye on for sure. Finally, today we finally have the synopsis for the Amazon Lord of the Rings show. That's right, Amazon is making a Lord of the Rings show that is not going to take place during the events of the books or the films that we all know and love. Instead, it is going to the Second Age, which I believe is kind of like Similarian time frame or might even be a little bit after that. For those that don't know, that is basically like the Bible of the Lord of the Rings. It's, it's um, you know, really gets deep into kind of the history of Middle-earth. But I want to read you the synopsis because there's definitely some exciting things in here. Uh, it says, Amazon Studios' forthcoming series brings to screens for the first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-earth's history. The epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And will take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested, Hope hung by the finest of threads, and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. Beginning in the time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared re-emergence of evil to Middle-earth. From the darkest depths of the Misty Mountains, to the majestic forests of the elf capital of Linden, to the breathtaking island kingdom of Nuemnor, to the furthest reaches of the map, these kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that live on long after they are gone. Super stoked for this show, man. I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I don't know if I've, I don't even know how much I've ever talked to her. And even Chris, man, like Chris and I, we were in college as these movies were coming out and we were there like, I remember we would go, I want to say it was like Friday mornings were the times that we would go see these films. And even like my wife would go, my wife was super huge into it too. And we would go to like the 10 o'clock showing on a Friday when these were out. Because back then we didn't do midnight movies a lot. We would do kind of these early movie ones and um, just like loved them. And I remember like before Return of the King came out, I had bought, because they used to put out these great box sets um, for on DVD for the, for, I mean, they did it for all three and I did get all three, but for the first two, it was um, these box sets. That, it was four discs. It was the extended versions of the movies. The movie was on two DVDs and then you had two DVDs of extras. I still have them to this day. And they were, I remember like leading up to Return of the King, I watched both of the extendeds for the Two Towers and um, uh, the Fellowship just back to back. And then went into uh, Return of the King that next day. And it was, you know, seven and a half hours or whatever it was to watch those two. Um, just loved them. I mean, I've, I read the books. I actually didn't read the books until I saw the first movie. Then I read The Hobbit. Then I read the trilogy. And then, you know, kind of watched it from there. And since then, just have absolutely loved it. Um, like I said, my wife loves it. Um, we, we, whenever it's on TNT or whatever, TBS, whatever channel it's on, we definitely just stop and watch it. Um, we've kind of introduced the kids to it. They've actually, believe it or not, have seen the Hobbit movies more than they've seen Lord of the Rings. Um, but we haven't ever had like the official, like, let's sit down, start to finish and watch it. Um, we're going to do that at some point. Um, it's just, there's something about those movies that just, I, I just love it. I mean, it, it strikes every note 
of everything that I like, you know, it's, it's just, it's great. Um, but, but back to those box sets, I mean, like I said, the special features on those extra discs were awesome. And I would, I remember just pouring over them about the creation of the movies and, you know, how Peter Jackson was able to bring what people thought was the unfilmable books to the screen and, and have it make sense and, and just look right. I mean, you still, to me personally, I still go back to those movies and they still look great. I mean, I think they look, still look even better than the, the Hobbit movies. And, you know, there was what, a 10 year gap between those films, um, using the practical effects they use in Lord of the Rings just really look better. And there's like a film grain that he put over it, kind of this this effect that just makes, grounds everything and just looking gritty and real. And it's it's awesome. And so I don't really know what this series is going to be. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's better than the Hobbit movies. You know, the Hobbit movies for what they are, I like them. And like I said, when they're on, we, we usually put them on as well. Um, but they're not, they're not the Hobbit I mean, the, the, they they steer so far from what the book was. I mean, they just purposely went out of their way to make a trilogy. I think Peter Jackson wanted it to be two films. The studio said, no, we got to do three. And so they just created stuff and kind of stretched it out. I mean, they're entertaining for what it is. I mean, all the actors in there play their part. And it's it's awesome to see regardless. Um, the second one's The Desolation of Smog. I mean, Smog is like the best representation of a dragon ever on, on any medium and, and you know it's funny like I remember like when that movie was coming out I thought we were only going to see him for just a little bit I mean when you clock it you know he's on there for about an hour you know you see him for about half of that movie it's just it's awesome to see that so if that's the one like true fantastic part of the Hobbit trilogies um, but we're definitely super excited for this I you know I don't know how many of you are big into Lord of the Rings in our discord yesterday I was kind of surprised some people not really uh, into Lord of the Rings as much, but you know, I urge everyone to go watch those films. Take 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 the time and sit down and watch them. Um, you know, they are long, they are daunting. I know when, when you kind of see that that runtime, but you know, nowadays it's no different than watching a season of on Netflix or binging a season on HBO, right? I mean, I think if you watched all three, probably, and and you did the extendeds. I mean, at that point, you're you're pushing ten hours probably. Um, but you know, you think you get a 10 episode series on Netflix where each episode's 52, 53 minutes or even HBO max. It's no different than that, right? It's the same thing. Um, I mean, the cool thing is they kind of shot them all together as well. So it all definitely, it's not like, you know, some movies where there was that big, large gap kind of in between. It's like, no, they just sat down and shot all this. Um, you know, today this would, that would have been like a Netflix, um, time frame. you know, with it coming out and the filming and all that. So, uh, if you've never seen Lord of the Rings, or if you've only seen it once years ago, Give yourself uh, a moment and go back and watch it because it's a fantastic story. I mean, it, it it's pretty much the lore that everything is based on, right? I mean, Tolkien's uh, just his his ideas of dwarves and the fantasy side and all that. Every pretty much every game you play, Dungeons and Dragons, all of that um, is based on Tolkien. I mean, it's just you know it, it was a thing that completely brought it to the mainstream. And I mean, The Hobbit was a book that so many people were reading in the seventies. And that, you know, you, you think of, uh, um, I mean, when did it, it might have even released, what, like late 60s, but like, you know, 70s is really when it hit its stride. And um, uh, even Led Zeppelin, you know, have, there's there's uh, references to Gollum and, and Mordor in Led Zeppelin songs. So um, it really kind of is a very influential series. So um, I can't wait to see what this is going to be all about. But let's wrap it up there, guys. Uh, as always, big thank you here for tuning into the show, making me a part of your day. Big thanks to GamerGoo, as always, for continuing to support the show. If you're interested in checking that out, that antiperspirant for your hands, so you're not getting those sweaty hands while you're out there gaming, head on over to GamerGoo.com. You can check out all the different scents over there. They have the newest, uh, the Beach Breeze. 
And uh, you can use my promo code TEL, T-E-L, save yourself 10% off your order. Again, GamerGoo.com, use my promo code TEL, T-E-L, and save yourself 10% off your order today. So until tomorrow, everyone, where we are going to be talking some WandaVision. Like I said, I think I'm going to do the same thing I've been doing with uh, The Mandalorian, where tomorrow will be um, pretty much a breakdown of WandaVision. Although I think in the beginning, like tomorrow, the first episode, we'll just kind of talk about the show in general. I'll do kind of what I was doing with Mando, where it's kind of this general you know, kind of overall review because it is a new series. I think I do want to, you know, kind of dive into it that way initially, but then probably towards the end of the episode, we'll get into some spoiler territory. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering really how these episodes are going to go for me, you know, talking here on the podcast. Cause like with Mandalorian, you know, just my, my star Wars mind is always thinking of all these different things. I, I, like I said before, like when it comes to the Marvel stuff, I do that, but it just doesn't seem like I have as much of a, I don't know, like a, a digging through some of that. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. Cause I'm, because especially from what we know of the show, I think, you know, that digging and the questions and all that are going to come later on in the season. But who knows? You know, I, so much is unknown right now about WandaVision. So I can't wait to watch it tomorrow, guys, and talk to you about it. So, uh, again, have a great rest of your day. And until tomorrow, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.